actually going to text this to you today, and then I I decided to wait, you know, save it for the pod, so to awesome. speak, you know. And if I can have an excuse not to talk to you, I'll take it, you know. Of course. Um, <laughs> uh, so I I really think I'm I'm close to getting rid of Reddit. Oh. I mean that's not that's that's not that big of a surprise for you. It's the last bastion I have of anything social media related. Like it's it. Like I I go on Instagram like maybe once every two weeks. Like I have it back because I wanted to post pictures of my wedding. Um and then like I will occasionally for twelve hours redo reopen Facebook to see how insane it is <laughs> and then like deactivate pretty quickly so like i'll do that like once a month once every couple months just just check what the fuck's going yeah, yeah. on in all these places and to be honest everyone looks lame on them like stop whatever you're doing on it don't care what it is you should just just stop doing it just if you're on facebook doing anything <laughs> stop doing it like it, it, none of it's cool um like do just yeah so i'll do that but you know reddit is like where almost all of my screen time goes right like it's mm. it's uh where i would like look at you know box office stuff because a lot of the box office websites i go to kind of don't they're not very cool anymore like it's where i'm gonna look at like you know all sorts of tech stuff yeah, right yeah. that's like most of our consumption and then of course near and dear to my heart and i think your heart as well even though it's a stupid stupid place r slash mba um <laughs> Because it's dumb. It's a dumb, dumb place. Oh, man. It's the, pretty problematic a lot of the, the time. The best, worst sports forum on the internet. <sighs> Some of it's so funny that I can't fully quit it. Even though I'm like, most of this, I'm like, seriously, like, I get more and more every day why so many people hate the Lakers and everything about the Lakers because, oh, my God. The Lakers cannot breathe without getting oh, to the front page goodness. of RNBA. Yeah. I know I'm, I sound like everyone else. Um, but that's actually why I'm thinking I need to remove myself from Because Reddit. the Lakers are annoying you. That's good. No, because I sound like everyone else. Oh, I see. I see. Right? So I think like all social media and this, I don't know, paranoia, sure. But I think it's hard to say it's paranoia when like so much of what you see in the world is directly related to the quote unquote paranoia about social media. Like, but so much more often I find myself being very skeptical of like even the comment threads that I see. And I stumbled onto, cause I was just looking this up. I was like bots on Reddit, right? Just trying to find some subreddits and there's some subreddits of people who just comb Reddit for bots Oof. And try to prove it and then report it That's to Reddit. Too much. It's like a little like investigative community. It's it's definitely an interesting read. And the the problem is when you like start to look for the patterns they look for, you realize like um that is a lot of what you're seeing. Sure. Yeah. I guess and that then makes sense. The, they kind of have like a, a pattern of how they do it like uh, the people who are bot farming and, and karma farming and stuff. It's like most of the time, like especially before elections, like this was a crazy thing that I had, I had never known about. I was just like reading this, like the, the subreddit and like reading things about it. And like, it was just kind of like, you know, researching cause I was bored. Right. Yeah, Which yeah. is like 
where so much time on the internet for me goes. It's just like, I want to learn about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's two and a half hours later and it's two in the morning and I'm supposed to be asleep. Whoops. But um, the really interesting thing was they're like, yeah, so most bot farming that happens on Reddit and most bot farming everywhere mm. starts with porn. Like that's like effectively where all of these spamming people, all of these bot farmers practice their process because most porn things on the internet are a little less regulated than like, you know, trying to bot comments on like CNBC's right. website or right. whatever. Right. Like they're, you're, they're going to notice and they're going to try to shut you down because that would be a weird place to start. Right. right? So what they do is they kind of hide in the shadows of the internet, um, especially on Reddit, where they'll they'll basically like be these bots that they're just trying to get you know everything aligned where it's like okay so karma has been farmed so I can post in in many places like there's like basically creating all of the things that they'll need to look legitimate later, but then also just practicing you know, getting like 6,000 things to do something, you know, within a very specific sequencing, you know, like there's some complex complexity sure, to it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then like the outcome of all of these bot farmings, they're like a hundred percent of the time where these eventually go is anti-Semitism, white supremacy, Russian trolling. Like it's like, and 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 a lot of it is the extremes of either side of politics like extreme extreme liberal thought on reddit extreme extreme conservative thought on reddit these fringe beliefs of both yeah. sides that is what they want you know all of this is really to cause derision and cause people to not be people together but be people apart right and the more different groups they can have playing against each other the more we'll never all realize that like the the biggest you know evil is that we we aren't all on the same side who are legitimately all on the same side of at least you know the almighty dollar so to yeah. speak like we are all it's all the people that have a bunch of it and then everyone else and every year that gets worse and worse and worse. And like, that's, that, that's ultimately what needs to be fixed so that everybody can live life better. Yeah. It's the movie um, ants. It's the movie ants. So I was thinking about all this and I'm looking at Reddit with skepticism and it kind of took away like, the part of Reddit that I liked, which was looking at how dumb it is, <laughs> but how beautifully dumb Reddit can be, and then realizing that a lot of what I could be looking at is, as a, as a Redditor put it on this subreddit, you have to imagine that everyone and every comment you see is just a bunch of ferrets smashing a keyboard, and you just just so happened that this time it made sense. But you can never think anything else about anything you read on Reddit. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And the thing that I really get frustrated with, and sorry that this became a diatribe, Danny. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about this a lot today, and I've, I, I think because I saved it, I was thinking about it more <laughs> instead of just texting you like, I think I might need to get off Reddit. Um, is like 
I wonder how many opinions I have and hold and think are mine aren't. And I wonder how many times I've been pulled into a position that if just plainly given the information, would I have made the same choice of where my opinion lies? I don't know. I don't know when... Basically, like, I want to know more clearly when I'm getting manipulated. And I think I, I'm not, I, I don't think I, I, I have the skill to do it across every single way that we can get manipulated. Well, it's like one of those things. And actually, uh, not a bad thing to bring up because there was something else I wanted to, to bring up. And this is t- pretty related. Um, but and this is the this DMGT, is the DMGT podcast. podcast. Let's intro there. We're, oh man, we're going to be a little heavier today. Um, no, no, no. So, like, the thing about that, especially when it comes to technology, I think that there's, a, for sure, it's a lot easier to fall into those trappings, and it's a lot easier to be exposed to that. But at the same time, it comes balanced with the amount of information that you can search for and look for mm-hmm. to validate against something that you think. Obviously, there's there's that, you know, yeah. that double-edged sword of, like, well, you can just get dug into a deeper hole but at the same time it does exist like the opposing viewpoint does exist or something that's a little bit less biased here's the thing here's the thing the the just the 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 scale of it is is like we've nothing we and humankind has ever seen before but it's always been there right when you think about our parents and our grandparents they were all literally getting the information from a single source all the time one source that taught them how to think so like when you get too far deep into like, and this isn't to say that you shouldn't worry about that. You should like the fact that you're aware of that. It already is like a huge step and probably ahead yeah. of most people. But like you, you go, I mean, everything we do is reactions to our circumstances and, and the information that we perceive every single thing. Yeah. So like, yeah. And you, I th- you get, you start getting a little deep on like the simulation side of things and like what's real, what's not real, uh, which can yeah. get a little like. Uh, maybe pump the brakes a little bit if yeah well if you think about it too much it's like oh god no <laughs> please uh like you have to like not think about it and i think it's also just like through you know two years of relative isolation and for me yeah. you know i was in australia i was going to work i was hanging out with folks at work and after work and stuff but um like tack on two extra years where there wasn't a ton yeah. of extracurriculars in my life i do think like um you know like that can cost that can have you create some coping mechanisms right for maybe being a little lonely and um yeah i think like like right now i'm just like oh well we're about to go into an election there is a war on um i don't know how valuable it's going to be for me to be very plugged in right now aside from like continuing to check reputable news sources to stay up to date on if we are going to all die but you know do i need to hear someone on reddit get really incensed about something i probably already agree with in a slightly different version of it than what i thought 200 times (laughs) in a row like eh I th- I think for potentially an opportunity for you to step back and like look at like what is drawing you into those things because let me tell you like outside of like Twitter when like people I follow retweet yeah. anything specifically I I never see any of that because I deliberately do not look for it. Yeah, so I'm like 
the part of Reddit that I've always liked the most over anything is just like reading comments. I mean, that's the best part of Reddit. <laughs> it's the best part of Reddit, right? So it's like, I don't really like, oftentimes like, I don't, and I also think this is like one of the problems of Reddit. No one's reading whatever is linked. We're all in it for this drama. Yeah. yeah. The show, right? Like, uh, and I think, you know, Reddit has also shifted. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the last like month, Reddit has gotten way more reactive to who they think you are like way quicker. Like Reddit used to have a pretty sure. long tail yeah. of like starting to serve you different content as you consume different content. But now it's like, it's definitely turned over to be like almost as reactive to you as TikTok is, which always is like a f- terrifying thing for me with TikTok. Like it's so quick at knowing what, you were talking about (laughs) and then just serving you that content and like the artifice of like trying to hit you at the quote unquote right moment. It's like, no, 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 we're just going to drill you with this. Like, cause like me and Christine will have conversations. She'll show me the, some TikToks, and it's like, Oh, okay. So first one, you're just going to do the thing we just were talking about first one. (laughs) And you're going to just keep hitting us with this. Okay. Yeah. Like a little too on the nose. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but I think Reddit's starting to utilize a lot of those tools because, of course, what's the most engaged app in the world? It's TikTok. So you have to be more like TikTok right now. If you're a social media company, right? You know, why everyone has created their version of TikTok yeah. on their yeah. apps, right? And Reddit can't really do that, right? They've tried to do weird shit like that in the past, make it more quote unquote overtly social. Doesn't work. So they're like, okay, well, we'll just ensure that the content we're serving you is that reactive. And the problem is, um, there's so many things to be mad about that if I read Reddit for more than like 20 minutes, I can like have like a brain aneurysm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean... And it's important stuff, but also it's like, I understand them. I am like giving and donating to the right places at least i think so like and i think continuing to punish my own mental well-being to consume the 600th video of ukraine in shambles is maybe not maybe that's not gonna be the thing that i need to consume because i i feel like i'm on the right side of yeah, this shouldn't be happening. This is terrible, and the people of Ukraine are suffering, and also people that are brainwashed by state-ran media in Russia are suffering, and both of these things are bad because people shouldn't suffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we'll see. See, the thing about that, like, at least for, for that stuff in particular, and here's what I mean. I, I'm not running into it as much, except for, like, deliberate stuff that I'm, like, seeking out. So, for example, the the Russia and, and Ukraine stuff, and not to mention, like, a bunch of shit's going down in Yemen, a bunch of shit's going down in other parts of the world yeah. that no one seems to give a fuck about. So, you know, sometimes I go, like, hey, you know what? Your your tears. I'm not. I don't really care. I don't care because you only care about this one thing. Um, so now, now I don't. Now I don't. It's bad. I agree. It's bad. But who 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 am I helping by saying that? Who are you yeah. helping by saying that? No one, because we already know what it is. So for that, like, okay, I have my morning podcasts that you know the 15 minute NPR stuff or other other yeah. stuff. Uh, I follow Philip Franco, a few different people. Um, 
But it's like it, it has to be very deliberate about about those things. And then when it comes up again, immediately like, yeah, I'm just not I'm in I'm not interested. I'm sorry. Like that might sound shitty, but like there's nothing I can do sitting here in my room in Chicago to contribute to that situation outside of what we can control ourselves directly, right? On top of uh, the myriad of right. other things. But then yeah. but then you look at like um the just kind of the the concept and the idea of like how we get information as well is is mm-hmm. is fascinating to me because it's such more it's harder i will admit when you're plugged in it's harder to step away from it because you're getting that information you're looking for for information and that same place is also where you happen to get your entertainment from sometimes yeah it's it's just like uh, our barriers are very blurred in terms of what's for what but then and but why. then but then i but then i go back to like how is this actually different like at its core how is this different from network television 50 years ago or or the uh, radio 100 years before that I, I i think like you turn it off you turn it off that's I, yeah and i think you know like it's it's really tough because i just don't you know i don't know how like news media was right all i can do is like you know i've seen one of my favorite movies good night and good luck which is about edward r murrow taking down joseph mccarthy um during the red scare and like all those journalism movies of the past it it's these people who are obsessed with exposing the facts that they can prove right like that's all journalism at its core right it's supposed to be that that is why right it is it, it exists right and also you know people knew edward r murrow people knew like uh you know ebert and roper for an example like non non news wise right and you through consistently seeing what they're focused on and what they're looking at you can at least start to paint a picture of like where a person may have a potential bias yeah, yeah. right you know what i mean like in like, you know, like the Chicago Tribune, I subscribe to it because um, they will never answer my call to cancel it because I want to go to the Chicago Sun-Times since uh, KBX or uh, Chicago Public Radio bought it. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to yeah, support yeah. that. That sounds fucking awesome. That's the coolest thing that's happened to the Sun-Times <laughs> like, forever. It's so yeah. cool. It's so cool that a nonprofit like is going to run a news that's like exactly the right thing that should, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's so awesome. So I want to go support that. Um, and then I will never be able to get them to answer my calls. I try like every weekend. They never answer. <laughs> um, but I know that the Chicago Tribune editorial board like has a conservative bias because they endorse candidates and you yep. can look that up yeah. easily. And you can also understand that means that their editorial work is going to be from that viewpoint. So I can still consume it, but it's so much more clear where the bias is, right? But when it's anything that's like Reddit, right, which is so reactive, or anything that's social media-based, right, you don't know, and you have no way to gather context of what you're reading against its legitimacy, Right, like because there's so many people writing about so many things all of the well, time. Yeah, and and here here's what I mean about all of that because I'm not I'm not saying that that those are incorrect. Those are con- absolutely considerations and like a big problem with social media. But we have the luxury of looking back, like those journalism examples with like the Red Scare and mm-hmm. all that. 
we have the the luxury of looking back after it's done. Everything's done. Nothing is is like ongoing in the Hindsight. moment. Yes. And everything that we live now is in the moment. So like on one hand, we, we aren't prepared, like generally as a populace, we are not prepared to um, look at information critically yeah. and, and and start putting the pieces together ourselves because that's effectively what we're being asked to do, right? We're being asked to put yourself in that journalistic point of view to ensure that what you're, you're consuming is as accurate to what is actually happening as possible. Right. And the only way to do yeah. that is to like kind of put all the millions of pieces that come to you all at the same time, whether you look for it or sometimes whether you don't look for it. So, for example, um, the the White House um, debriefed like they had a press briefing about the, the Ukraine and, and Russia situation to TikTokers like this week. Or yesterday or something like that. Like yeah. very recently. And there's this huge uproar of like, why, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is it's just, that's where you guys it's just are. media dissemination. Like it's just information, yeah. dis- disseminating information. That's where people are. That's particularly where young people are. So the conversation becomes, okay, how do we keep it like as decontaminated as possible? And what you do yeah. is you give them access. That's what you do. And that contributes as a whole that there's going to be like stumbles along the way. It's going to things are going to work. Things aren't going to work. But you start kind of like you what you don't do is push it away. Right. Because when you look at, like um, you know, uh, anyone freaking out about that or like, oh, but but you have to keep like a certain type of presence. If you're talking about news or you're talking about this, like uh, internet of things that, that impact us like, well, yeah, yeah, but now like there's a clear, you can see a clear line in in a lot of those cases when it's like, Oh, this is trying to elicit a, an emotion from me versus like, Oh, this is just informative because it's just giving it to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like it's all, it all comes down to like, how you consume it. And here's the thing. I think most people still have control over when to turn it off. It's very difficult to get there. And and I'm not saying that I'm like really good at it either. There's shit that I get pissed no off No one about. is good at but it, like, 100%. But like it's catching that and turning it off and then going back and like for me, this, I don't know, it's, I'd say in the last six months, it has been accepting that that in some situations, in the moments, I just do not care. And I'm going to go look at Elden Ring or I'm going to look at the new bullshit Apple thing that just released because I can't be plugged in to every single thing all the time. And there's literally nothing wrong with that as long as you're trying in the places that that are beneficial to you and beneficial to the others around you. Maybe like in the physical right. world. So like, um, so like when you go, and that's I also like I don't also buy into like the the internet isn't a real place or Twitter is not a real place or anything like that because it very much is. It has real world impacts to yeah. yourself. Well, that's why and to I didn't others. say the real world. I said the physical yes. world because I I totally agree. So, uh, no, it's 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 fascinating. It's fascinating. So yeah. like, you do you Spencer do whatever you need yeah. to do that is best for you, but also for any listener, like you have to do what is best for you. So if that means you turn off for a while, you take a break, whatever it is, but it has to be deliberate. It has, why am I taking this break? What is triggering me and how can I uh, tr- cut down on that? And then what actually makes you feel better because it's what's been making me feel better is like, what can you, what are the actionable things that you can do and yeah. have real impact around you? 
it's a good uh, it's it's a good it's good advice um and in summation i think to synthesize all of our points we made if anyone wants to pay me and danny to become investigative journalists <laughs> we will yeah why not um i would die to do that because it's basically taking all the things i like most about all the things that i do in my life and applying it to hopefully an extreme level of value at least for me intrinsically of like just going like hey something seems like kind of fucky over there well think you want to go like poke around and see if it is fucky (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like Like that's effectively what all both of our jobs have always been (laughs) oh my god yes literally that and it's like the the reason we can enjoy them a lot is because of the process those moments of like scratching the problem itch (laughs) well it's like if you approach it from like literally the way like because you and i approach uh particularly buying tech things like tech products even if it's they're like not necessarily directly related Uh, it's like i'm getting a degree oh my gosh i'm it's like Mm -hmm. i'm becoming a doctor of whatever i'm about to buy like a day (laughs) turns into a week turns into a month and suddenly i'm like absorbing knowledge about knowledge about this niche thing it's like well this <sighs> so good. detail is a little bit different it's like okay now i best. have it all together i'm gonna make it a, a choice maybe <laughs> uh, the purchasing it's the worst oh part my god did i make the, the right the, choice the, yeah like like uh j- just getting to deciding to purchase is the fun of the purchase and i would also say i should just you know learn how to um then not buy it anyways <laughs> <laughs> have all the fun that's what i that's the fun yeah and then just like yeah don't <laughs> and then move on to a different thing but it's like the yeah. same thing it's like you approach it from there you slightly gamify it again like not to like take away the seriousness of any other considerations and like things that are happening in the real world when it comes to like quality and 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 you know uh just equitable things with like Labor unions is a huge deal right now. The economy is a huge deal right now. Yeah. Obviously, the war is a huge, huge deal right now. But like, you kind of like compartment. It's okay to compartmentalize the different pieces of it to help you make a better decision and help you be better for more. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think like you know we're talking about how we can you know make an impact in our own lives and make an impact in others. And I think to get into the topic that we were supposed to talk about, <laughs> um, yeah. Someone who has made a significant impact in the physical world and the digital world and metaphysical world. Digimon? Digimon is Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. It's the seventh anniversary of To Pimp a Butterfly, an album that you and I like a lot. That's not controversial to say. No. It's, it's a bona fide classic that everyone says is good in a way a couple of hip-hop heads love to pimp a butterfly are you kidding (laughs) me yeah oh they think kendrick lamar has made an impact on our culture of course yeah 100 percent. of course what a what a transition spencer you know thank you i went to four years of theater (laughs) school and this is all i learned (laughs) worth it worth it no so yes the the seventh anniversary of to pimp a butterfly and like obviously i mean we're gonna gush about it a little bit because we're still waiting on that new kendrick album that which we've heard literally nothing about and i'm like getting i hope he doesn't give us anything he just, he's just gonna it. drop it that's that's probably that's what, what i want it's gonna be it's gonna be it's an awesome the coolest day. way to release an album and if you're not doing that it's gonna be a great know. day just imagine that friday waking up like it's here oh shit uh, it's going to be awesome. No, to Pimp a Butterfly, like, I think 
So I was just kind of like looking at it because I had seen it like come up on like, uh, who was I? Pigeons and Airplanes um, on Twitter, which they're like a complex affiliate or something like that. Uh, sure. But anyways, he brought it up. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess it is the seventh anniversary of Tip Butterfly. So I just like started reading up on that album because when you go from like Section 80 to Good Kid Mad City to to Pimple Butterfly. Well, hold hold yeah, up, yeah. hold up really quick right there. So you go from Section 80, a classic mm-hmm. <laughs> mixtape, though now I think they say it's a studio album, but at the time I feel like people said it was a mixtape. Yeah. Um, then you release Good Kid Mad City, which is a classic in its own right, even yeah. more, even more than Section 80. Like at the time, 2012, everyone was rightly saying this is one of the best things that music has had. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> like, because it's so good. And then three years. And then, sorry, con- continue. And then to pimp and a then butterfly. And then to pimp a butterfly drops. So, Kendrick has always because he he has written for for hip hop and other rappers in the past. Like that's kind of what like a lot of these you know a lot of musicians and artists in in the space in general. Like they start off either producing or writing for someone else or ghostwriting or whatever. Right. Um, and then they kind of like you know do their own thing. It's like oh damn they're really good at this. Uh, but you go from like Section Eighty, Good Kid, Mad City to Pimp a Butterfly, and there's like. I don't know if he did this intentionally or not, but there's like a little bit of a, like a thread and like, it's not, it's not a, uh, like a trilogy album in the, in the traditional sense. No, yeah. It's just more like organically, it just kind of happened to evolve and show you the growth of, of Kendrick as like a songwriter, as a, as a hip hop artist, as a producer, all of this shit. And like as a, as a storyteller, really. Like I think I think right. from section eighty, I think you started really getting into that. Good Kid Mad City gave you a lot more of that. And then to me, to Pimp a Butterfly is like still his apex of like storytelling and and making a statement. But for me, when I started looking into this album, because I was like, okay, I I already know like kind of some of the basics and like, you know, the themes and all of that stuff that everyone has discussed to length, to exhaust, some would say. Right. But like I'm looking at like the producer credits and I'm like these are these are some heavy hitter producers and like a lot of like different styles and somehow this dude managed to make a cohesive project from front to end. Yep. And that to me is because is he's also he's a pro, he's a writer on every single yep. track. Of course. Like uh I think that Kendrick Lamar is one of our great collaborators. And I don't mean that in like everything, all things equal, that's how he approaches things. Like, I really don't think that that's, I don't think because you couldn't get such a cohesive project when you have George Clinton producing one of, or writing, helping to write one of the songs. And then you also have, uh, I mean, just picking another name here that I might know. Uh, O'Kelly Isley Jr. Like, like those, the, like, how do you have all of this sound cohesive when those are people that you're looking at? Right. And like, sorry, Kelly Isley Jr. is a writer on a song because of a sample that someone chose. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Avi, I missed the easy one. Sufjan Stevens. (laughs) 
help to write <laughs> hood politics. <laughs> like that would have been an easier one because I was struggling. I was like, I know oh, Kelly Isley Jr., I think. Um, man, we should I should have researched that more. Um, but it is crazy because this thing starts off with Wesley's theory. And you're like, oh, well, this doesn't sound like stuff. <laughs> right. Like, like, this doesn't sound like other stuff. Like, this is such a clear sonic opening to what you are in for. And then it's continually put under, like, more and more scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And more and more of it opens up and collapses and surprises you. And then also hits your expectations. It is insane how well this album goes together bonafide masterpiece i i think people don't like understand how difficult that is and like not to say that we're like any experts at it but at least on the consumption side we we have a pretty good ear to it now where it's like oh this is this is a little overproduced or like this is a little too deprived of its soul a little bit you know right Um, or this is Yes, yes. And to still have a few like bangers uh, of signals. Yes, and uh, wasn't singles, it a different version? But have if it I remember still be correctly? cohesive is is just amazing. Like so the the crazy part, and I don't know if you remember this, but like I was the uh was the lead opening um single before he dropped the album. Do you remember that? I think I think it was a slightly different version and everyone's like, yo, what the heck is this? Because it was such a departure from like uh Good Kid Mad City and, and Section 80, like just complete 180. Like, ooh, it's been three years since Kendrick brought, dropped something. I is like a little strange and odd. It plugged into the the entirety of the project. It makes much more sense. But it was like, oh snap, what's happening here? And then all right, and King Kunta and like all of these other tracks just came in. I was like, oh shit, this is Instant, like you, you yeah. rarely get that where you like, oh, where you go, oh, this is an instant classic, like instantly, like you know right away because it's so different, it's so unique. There's so much like substance to it in a very palatable way, which all is also incredibly difficult to achieve, right? Because he has yeah. something to say in every single one of these tracks, and a lot of it is pretty heavy, but it's also like hopeful which which i thought was was a cool kind of like um almost like other side of the coin to good kid mad city Mm -hmm. where it was a little bit more personal and like like some of the struggles and like mental health and substance abuse alcohol abuse uh, those types of things yeah 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 i i think it like um just the the writing on every song and like writing i mean like lyrically yes like, and then it's also just like someone who cannot be topped, like at the height, like, and we, we continue to not see the height of Kendrick Lamar's skill yeah. in terms of just the straight up rapping part. The one little part, really, <laughs> when you're looking at this whole thing, because this whole, like all, what he does is, is like much larger than just like someone saying words to a rhythm right like it's it's uh without him not being who he is which is not a singer like he 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 has you know he can hit notes to make a hook for sure but um 
but it's not like he is like he is a rapper. Yeah. Yep. When it comes down to where he puts such skill and ferocity, like he's a fucking rapper. He's not hip hop. He raps. <laughs> and like, to be honest, like that's not, that's not what all of the genre of hip hop is. It's so much broader now. And mm-hmm. like a lot of that is thanks to the type of work that Kendrick Lamar has done in his career, pushing just someone who is rapping, pushing that sound to different places or natural instrumentation. Like he, he did help bring more back to the forefront yeah. that had gone away yeah. after like NERD and Pharrell weren't as like om- omnipresent for, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, the song grinded right, right, right. by clips, right? Like, it's just like freaking drums hitting like that's all. And it's like so cool, but that kind of went away for a while and, and he brings it back in some capacities here. It's just, it's just like the dude is so fucking good at everything. It's, it's just so cool that we get to consume it. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, I like that we're alive right now yeah. because if we yeah. weren't, I wouldn't get to hear this, you know, like it's one of those albums and that's like, and then he did it again with Dan. <laughs> That's like, the crazy part, man. Like, like he does it again. Like, oh, and yeah, again, this is and four again. in a row. <laughs> and I would actually say that, like, Damn for me has some of the biggest highs. Like, I, I think, you know, I, I feel like we must have brought up the beat switch on DNA. Oh, my God. Because you know how much I love that beat switch. And, you know, in general, to get into my heart, do a good beat switch and you'll get there for any music (laughs) if you then pound me with bass after you were taking it away a little bit i'm going to like it 100 and i don't know if it's because my brain is fried from dubstep and like whenever i get that type of thing (laughs) i just am obsessed with it but it scratches uh, monkey brain you know (laughs) yeah it does it definitely does but um it's just it's just so uh incredible to be able to like see that and then also it's like we we haven't even touched Kendrick Lamar in the Super Bowl halftime oh show. Oh my god, he was the best part. He was instantly the best part. Instantly had everything he does. He bakes in social his his social commentary and his viewpoints, and he does it in such a way that every time I'm like, this is important. Like because I do think a lot of what he does is important, and like it's something that. Like I'm, I'm so glad he's one of the highest echelons of, right, right, like musicians. Like it's one, it's, that it's, currently, it's one thing to be like, you know, man, we really respect him as a as a musician, but like the way that he delivers his commentary, through, exactly. like through art, like through literal, like like obnoxious, um, snobby definition of art. When I say art, yeah. and in like yeah. a, the perfect way, in almost a perfect way, every single time. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just like I you know, creative team, there's probably sure, more than yes, just him. Yes. No, of course, it's a Super Bowl halftime show. It's all of his performances, but he instantly brings you should be fucking watching this closely every time he's doing anything, which is such a cool thing and it's like really I cannot imagine how hard that is. Like that's he like nailing stuff so much with so much potential scrutiny insane awesome and and, and, yeah and i and then he's also like 
just like good live performing. He's great. He's at also live he's just a great performer too. <laughs> yeah, it's just like come on, it's man. It's unfair. It's unfair. It's come on. It's like, unfair. I'm glad. I'm glad that you exist. But like, dang. <laughs> it, it's 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 crazy to see because like you we got to like to pimp a butterfly and like everyone knows like the whole grammys thing and you know uh who freaking oh gosh stupid uh, the heist the heist oh my god oh one of the biggest <sighs> dumb moves of all time was it the heist wait no it wasn't the heist the heist beat good kid mad city i think was it good hold kid up. mad city hold up hold oh up. you might be right you're right. right you're you're probably Cause I right i think the heist was to 2013 and good kid mad city would have been 2013 for the grammys um I'll look it up. Keep talking. No, no, no. I think okay. Bring it to, uh, to Pimp Butterfly, twenty sixteen. Oh. It won best rap album. That mm-hmm. was the thing. It lost in nineteen eighty nine. Also, a good album. Not, not, not to Pimp a Butterfly. Good. Not to Pimp a Butterfly. Not to Pimp a Butterfly. Love that is my favorite Taylor Swift album. It's a it's a really good that. pop album. It's a great, it's a great pop great album. pop album. Um, but to Pimp a Butterfly is like. Yeah, so he got screwed two years in yeah, a row, yeah. or two, 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 albums two albums in a row, in a row. because it was to pimp. Uh, Good Kid Mad City, right, right. Good Kid Mad Which City. Which was still a, a huge snub, huge snub. The heist. <sighs> well, it's like. It, and I say this as from <laughs> Bellingham, Washington, which is where, or from outside of Seattle, which is where he's officially from, Macklemore. Right. But also, Bellingham is like where he started to get fame because he would come and perform at the college a lot. So it's like 15,000 people every year would like see him perform and talk about him. Um, and it's also, he has a great, it's a St. Patrick's Day song that he does a, like a, a mashup with a Beirut song. A lot of fun stuff. Um, dog shit album. Um, not good artist. Uh, and should never have oh, ever man. been in a position oh, no. to beat Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly for anything no <laughs> and yeah no he also that he fucking i i think i remember he screenshotted the text he sent to kendrick Lamar. oh my saying, god and he posted that i think oh to, like god. what like so like just bad. so bad like bro what are you doing how do you how do you make <laughs> this about you even more yeah it's like oh that one song that was about uh like <laughs> the, not thrift shop like the song um the one about being gay. Oh, the first yeah. line is, well, I mean, I made sure I'm not gay talking about this gay gay song. And it's like, I want to, first thing I say is, I'm not gay. Don't worry. It's like, okay, well, that's like, why are you writing, why do you need, feel the need to sing this song? <laughs> like, I know it was a hit and it, you yeah, know, uh, what's fine. And well, definitely in my, college theater career we were all using all of his yeah, music yeah because we were unfortunately that everything is a bummer well, and, well uh, yeah. everything you've done before should never be brought <laughs> to the light of day today nothing never if you did never, yesterday ever. leave it there never leave it ever. there it's probably it's probably problematic today i promise you well the, well boy don't get me started uh it, it's just like it's just like one of those things again, kind of to to my earlier point a little bit. Uh, just the 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 hindsight though is 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 just makes it so clear, so clear. And 
music, I think, is in uh, well, a lot of media is is kind of in that unique position where it's like, oh, this this has aged very well because a lot of things age horribly, and I think you see yeah. a lot of that stuff happen in video games. So here's here's my my crazy take, and how I'll, I'll loop it back. I think Elden Ring doesn't age super well as a as a video game in ten years the way that like other games do because because it's setting like a new standard today that in 10 years that's going to be so much more developed that it's going to make it seem primitive so without the context of understanding like what the what the uh, right setting it, looked it like at the time a new right yeah 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 so i totally agree but then at the same time, there are uh, other things that kind of transcend that a little bit. And it's like, damn, no, this they nailed it. They nailed this when they did it. Caught lightning in the bottle, like, really well. And Kendrick happens to have, like, multiple of these albums. Yeah, because, like, it's like you can look at any Kendrick Lamar album and go, oh, without that, this doesn't right. exist. But it still, hold, that, and it still exist. holds up on its own. On its own. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, like, that is the thing where it's, like, something like to to think about it away from our normal normal topics of video games and music uh and go into movies which is also a normal topic it's like thinking about the movie alien right like because it just got a 4k remaster like i mean a while ago but i just watched it um from a 4k stream because i i I didn't buy it uh physically yet but um that movie basically feels like it was made yesterday because when you put things into 4k that have really really practical effects and uh, an attention to detail it's as if it just was filmed and then you're like oh okay so like aliens existing is why like nine thousand other movies happened Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's still one of the best ones ever to be made Uh, and then if you put on like the overlay of it has a female protagonist and that is not the only reason the protagonist exists like it's a very more like yeah so the main character's name is ripley she does deal with some bullshit stuff that a woman in a weird space marine crew (laughs) will deal with yeah but they are much more complex as a human than i'm a woman in space right which is what you know, 9,000 of the variations boiled down something to, and it's like, oh, no, no, it was like, it, it was like, this was a human person that wasn't solely defined by either being a man or not being a right, man, right. which is what most other ports, it's like, and that thing is so, that's such a good fucking movie. This movie uh, is 40 years old, dude. It's 40 years 40 old. 40 years old. <laughs> like, and like, I, I, it's like, you know, uh 1989 got the grammy the heist got a grammy no one will remember the heist in 40 years no 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 one but i people will remember to pimp a butterfly that's the time baby that's the time it's 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 like you only know after but like you only know after but but we knew but we knew (laughs) we knew and we also everyone did knew then like sometimes we can see it in the moment but um yeah, happy seven years uh, to, to Pimp a Butterfly. And I really hope that, like, accidentally we've timed this perfectly. And Could we you get imagine? to talk about, like, a surprise drop Could from Pimp Because we aren't getting into springtime 
right? Which is where you're going to start seeing albums drops, either yeah. just drop randomly or start to be announced. And um, especially because some of the final issues that have been kind of like keeping some bands from releasing right. because they want to release, you and know, tour and stuff, yeah. physical media, tour, all that stuff. Like a lot of those things are starting to at least a little bit get, get better. Yeah. So alleviate. Um, and I would assume like, again, coming off of damn to pimp butterfly, whatever we're going to get is going to be really, really thoughtful. Right. In some, in like, you know, there might be some cool shit. Like get a collector's edition type of shit. Like that it'd be, be awesome. Sick. That would be awesome. Um, if if his two verses on um, on the Baby Keem album is a precursor in any way, I think yeah. we're in for a treat. Like a yeah, and then treat. also at the same time, um, if it's just an album where he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna be the best rapper alive and. <laughs> Just rap, rap over people's beats, and this isn't a mixtape. This is my album, but I'm like, I'm just going just like to absolutely it. eviscerate everyone else because that's what I want to do. I would also deeply love whatever that album is. I know it in my bones that it would be so amazing because he could do that if he wanted. <laughs> like, like he could do that if he wanted. He could just go, "Oh yeah, this is just me rapping over stuff." Oh, um, and also this is the best this is the album of the year like i'm not i'm not doing any of the this is important i'm just being better at rapping than everyone like to to think that and this is again two <laughs> so cool. two f- fanboys here kind of freaking out and gushing about it to think that he's potentially just like so confident in his ability to to do that that the idea of actually doing it might be boring to him and that's why we wouldn't get that album is like how do you put how do you even put that into words because like they're the the yeah the the evidence is there the resume and the and, and, and all of that is there. also danny have you ever done anything in your life with that much potential pressure of what failure God, not could even mean? close not even close like Mm-mm. i have never no like i i don't even it couldn't even quantify how far away any decision i've ever made in my life <laughs> about doing something with this much weight of like we are expecting him to give us I know a that's insane that's insane fourth classic <laughs> fifth classic oh, sorry man like and and like that's it's because everything tells us that that would make that's just the pattern just tells a, us like that's just what's going to happen <laughs> what like level of oh my God. talent and and like effort and work like that is it's just something to admire i think is really what i come down on whenever truly, i think about truly. that because it is ridiculous to expect him to release a classic oh yeah it's completely so unfair it's 100 it's totally unfair. unfair it's so terrible but it's like the guy can do it because he's done it and like he's in the pocket and he's been in the pocket for so long and like there may be a time where he comes out of the pocket but i don't think he's there yet like yeah you yeah, know who knows like i don't want to bring up kanye but you know kanye like, he was in the pocket for a long time and you know we my, myself speaking for myself eh, i was okay with kanye being crazy for a uh, you know yeah, up yeah, until yeah. i wasn't right like yeah um, i remember but that's I remember also that. when he got out of the musical pocket right like he was no longer 
Yeah, and like Kendrick, I don't he's never I don't think he's ever gonna go that way, but he might make a dud. I mean, maybe like possible. album eight. It's possible. Album like, eight. <laughs> but at that point it's like honestly like, like I don't think Kendrick's gonna do this until he's like a million years no, old. No, he's got like, other endeavors too and yeah, I'm sure yeah. Be like, he's diversified. Know, he's gonna he's just gonna have a he's gonna be like, Oh, okay, cool. I just have money and I'm gonna like do stuff. Cool. You, you know, you know, I, you know, I thought of like that question of like, have I ever done anything w- with the pressure to succeed like that much? And the, the the closest thing I could think of is one time during pickup basketball, <laughs> I hit an okay. all net three, and then I hit a second all net three. Oh no! And then I was wide open for the third one, bricked the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so didn't rise to the occasion is what you're saying. That was the most pressure I've ever faced in and my this life. Was, and this was like, I would assume, what, like a state championship or? Yeah, uh, no. I mean, state championship of like the local work league. So it was a, okay, so it was like below playing at the Y. Well, I mean, that's a little mean, but yes, yes. <laughs> accurate. And you bricked, like, I, I'm not, hey, I'm just saying, like, you're a person who's pretty good under pressure in situations that I've been under pressure in your orbit. <laughs> think you're pretty like, yeah, yeah I, you know, I like, feel pretty confident under pressure, but Hey, absolutely would crumble. Sometimes you break it, man. I don't know what, what you, sometimes you, <laughs> no, break no, no. It. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, cause I think, you know, you're pretty good under pressure. I think we're both normal humans yeah, yeah. that can deal with pressure sometimes. Uh, yeah. Not quantifiable against <laughs> I've released four classics and I'm writing a fifth classic and everyone is assuming it's a classic oh, and it's not out shit. and nothing has been announced about it. Oh my God. And we're two for three on threes. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that asked. I'm just answering know, the question. No, 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 I know. I, 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 know. Danny, I know. I know. Two of three on threes is good. Hey, I felt right. I felt pretty good about it. I was. You should feel good. I was about hot that. shit for like a whole week. That, that's amazing. Um, also, I, I do want to play some more basketball when it gets nice. We should. We should. Uh, we were. We, who was I? Just I was just talking to a friend of the podcast, Jay. Uh, I was just talking to him about that the other day. I was like, yo. Spencer played uh, high school ball. You almost you almost went college with it. So yeah, mm. we should play some pickup. I I quit in high school, oh, right, but right. I was good at basketball, and uh, I probably could you have could maybe have. You could have gone like in community college. <laughs> <laughs> you could have gone uh, uh, what D three? I don't know. Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe it would be like more like an E bench, or an bench F. warmer. Like I, I don't. Yeah. My hands are too small to ever be considered someone that you could that could play competitive basketball at the highest levels um legitimately uh i would be a freak in in any nba measuring book of like yeah i don't know how this dude held a ball his hands are like way too small for his body and it's his his legs are also way too small for his body and he's like 90 percent torso and there's something wrong with him probably that's what they would have written in my combine <laughs> go, or whatever the N- go, NBA Go is. hard in the paint, Kovakovic. <laughs> yeah, with your weirdly <laughs> heighted ass. <laughs> it's too low. It's wrong. <laughs> I have the legs. I, I recently looked this up. <laughs> my leg length is as if I'm 5'9". I'm almost 6'3". Huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like there's there's that's, there's something off. That's kind of weird. I, it's like I'm stitched together with two different bodies. It's <laughs> there's something. Oh my god. There's some, like it's a huge like buying a t-shirt is a struggle because they're never the right length. They're never the right length. You get anyways. Yeah. Um. So, so that's too much information um <laughs> that's that's the that's the episode we'll call it there we'll call it there we'll call it there uh because i don't know what else is in the tank for me to say um danny uh i wore our um hat out and about in in this bad nation of ours nice. so i hope hope someone saw it and said oh i'm gonna look up the letters and and hopefully they got to our website yeah, maybe it's possible <laughs> They, it's possible. They probably got to um, SZA's album, but oh yeah, that's a better yeah, version of yeah. yeah. So well, and hopefully they didn't know who SZA was. So well, maybe win, they discovered a, a cool new artist that they didn't know. Yeah. So yeah, I think also that positive I that album was was uh, championed uh, SZA's first album by Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm almost I'm almost sure that that, that he's, he's somewhere in that. Anyways, bye-bye. Bye.